Greetings to all. We are so thankful to Pastor Josh for inviting us here. And we brought greetings from Georgia. And it was a wonderful song. And uh, I think we sing the same song in Georgia. And it's wonderful to know that our Redeemer lives. When you look at the history of religion, and you look at the leaders of the religions, all of them are practically dead. And they have their tombs and tombstones. But our Lord, He is not dead, He is alive. And He was, He is, and He is to come. And that's our hope. That He is not only alive, He is here today. And He is the one that said, I will be with you. And where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there with you. That's why we give him all the glory. He deserves to be praised. And he deserves to be praised forever and ever. And there is no really other name except him. In his name there is salvation, there is freedom. And there is hope. And we have comfort in his name. And we have security in his name. And if you know the Lord, you know you should be a blessed person. There is no greater joy than to know your Creator. And here is the reason why I say this. He said, we grew up in a country and we were taught that God did not exist. In Soviet Union, we were taught that there is no God. They, they, they were teaching us that human is a human invention. And you know that, and we believed, you know, in in evolution that you know that everything was created out of practically nothing. You know, in in an atheistic society, you know, we were believers. You know, you know, how can you believe, you know, what they teach you that the creation is that exists, you know, without God. But one day, and by the will of God, God came into lives of my family. And I have, I have spoken about this before. And Pastor Josh told me, you know, please, you know, tell your story again. You know, in my family, you know, uh, we were not Christians, you know, but and, and that day when we became Christians was the happiest day of our lives. 
But it didn't start like this. You know, my father became blind one day. He couldn't see. After a couple of surgeries, after a second surgery, he became blind. He could not see anything. And I had to serve in a Soviet military. And I was told, you know, that my father had problems. And I was able to come home and attend the surgery. And what I saw was devastating to us because my father became blind. And when I was in an in in army, and I, you know, I was so sad. My father cannot work. You know, he is blind. I had two small brothers and they could not take care of themselves. My mom used to work, you know, but only half a time because she had to take care of my father. And because she had to take care of my father. And economically, you know, just psychologically, you know, we were just devastated. And I could not help them. And, you know, and I carried that sadness in my heart. But glory to God. Sometimes trouble comes. And it's not a pleasant thing when trouble comes. But God can use troubles and bring people in the knowledge of his son. It was a very difficult situation. It was, it was suffering. But God took that suffering and turned into a joy. And I, one day I received a letter. And I looked at the envelope. And I saw, I recognized my father's handwriting. And I, saw, I, and I thought to myself, how is it possible for a blind man to write a letter? I opened the envelope and I looked at the letter and it was my father's handwriting. And I read. And he was writing to me, you remember I was blind. But we found a living God. And this living God healed my eyes. I was amazed. I was like, I don't believe in God. What God? You know, we grew up in atheism. I wanted to go to my home to see what was going on. So they released me. I was able to go. I came to our house. You know, in, in the Soviet Union, they would put you in a different republic. So I, I, I went home. And this is what I saw. My father's eyes are open. And when I looked at him, it was, his behavior was different. So I asked him, you know, can you explain to me what happened to And my mother explained to me. Said, you remember your father was blind. Says, you know, how can I forget that? And, and my mother told me that we went everywhere. He says, we, found, we tried to find good doctors. You know, good professor. 
you know, no one could help him. Then she says, we went, went to the witch doctors. You know, to the, the to the, this prayer people. You know, we tried to find help. But no one could help him. So one day, my mom meets our neighbor. And her husband was a Christian. But he would never tell anyone that he was a Christian. He would never speak about Christ. You know, the lady that preached to my mother never became a Christian. But she knew everything about the church. Because her sister used to go there. You know, her sister's husband used to be a deacon of the church. So she knew everything about the church. We did not know that there was a church beside Orthodox Church. Because the church was so much persecuted, they had to live underground. So this lady asked my mother, how is your husband? So my mother told the story. And this, is the, this was the story. That her husband became you know, blind. So the woman said, you should take your husband to this group of people. So he, she asked, you know, who are these people? And she says, you know, these people call themselves believers. And my mother said, no, he says, we've gone to the church. We went to the priest. And, and the woman said, I'm not telling you to take him to the priest. So she says, there is a group of people, they call themselves Christians, believers. And they don't worship idols. They don't worship icons. They get together, they have this big book, they call it the Bible. They read from that book. And they say that we serve a living God. You know, the underground church in our country, they used to say, always used to say, our God is a living God and we serve a living God. And they used to pray, you know, for sick people. So my, my sister got healing there. My uh, brother-in-law received healing there. So she told her about the church. My mom came home. She told the story to my father. And my father told her, let's go there. They went to this church. I can't tell you exactly how long it took for them, for him to receive his healing. But step by step, his eyesight started to restore. And one day his eyesight was open. And he started to work. So for us, it was an amazing thing. His eyes were open. And my father told me. And he told me this story. And my mother told me. Your father went to work. He says, I still did not believe that he was healed. But, but my mom says, I was watching him and I, and I started to believe that a miracle took place in his life. And my, and my mom says, I used to cry watching him that he was able to work again. 
My father passed away last September. 85 years old. I'm, I've, I've been a Christian now for 40 years. My father served God for 40 years. And for 40 years he preached gospel to people. And when he passed away, and my, my children, you know, to, were taking care of his clothes. He says, in every pocket, you know, he had some kind of brochure with the word of God in it. So everywhere he went, you know, he would preach Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So my father told me the story. He says, when my eyesight was restored, he says, I remembered when I was nine years old. He said, I, I had a dream, he says, you know, and somebody gave me an invitation. And that invitation had an address on it. So he says, I went to that to that building. And he says, they took me somewhere in a cellar of the building. And there was a man. He says, he took the invitation and he brought me to this table. And there were two men at the table. And they had this big book. They took an invitation. And one of them looked at me and said, He says, It's good that you came. And he told me, He says, There were people there. He says, You will end up with these people. And my father told me, When God restored my eyes, He says, I remember the dream that I saw when I was nine years old. Because it was the same cellar, the cellar that I saw when I was nine years old. The same people. So God was God revealed to him what what was going to happen in his life. So when I heard all of this, see, it was a reality. He said, I saw my father blind. And now I see my father's eyesight is restored. And he told me, he says, the reason for all of this is Jesus. And he is alive. And he was lifted up to heaven. You know, he died for our sins. And he rose again. And he, he was taken up to heaven. And he is coming back. And if you believe, you shall be saved. So this was the gospel that was preached to me. And I, you know, it was a fact for me. And I, and I said, the Soviets were lying to us because God is alive and there is Jesus and he is our redeemer. Glory be to, to God. He says, I came home. I dedicated my life to Jesus and I became a church member. Glory to God. The Lord touched my life. So it was a great miracle for me. 
They would give you a list of things to not to do. You know, some of them were biblical, some of them were just traditional. Some were just a human inventions. So my father saw, saw that I became a Christian. He says, I always tell this to younger generation. He says, I was 21 years old when I became a Christian. So my father told me, Son, you have become a Christian. Now you cannot do, you know, you cannot smoke, you cannot drink. He says, even newspaper is not allowed. For you. So you cannot watch television. So you can't go to your unbeliever friends. He says, girls are not allowed for you. See, you know, it was so traditional that you could not even wear the short sleeve shirts in our church. He says, you can't play chess, you can't play backgammon, you, you, you can't. And so I told my father, I said, you know, I have a solution. I said, I want you to dig a grave for me and bury me. <laughs> he says, you know, if I cannot do all these things, he says, I might as well be as a dead man. And I made a decision. I said, no, this church thing is not for me. So I would come to church. I would still come to church. You know, there were some older generations that would look at me. And, you know, you know, they would greet me, you know, with... With such a joy. Because there were just you know, two or three young people in the church. Young, young, young people would not come to church. And they would tell me. He says, you know, you are blessed. I wish our children were here. He says, but my father, you know, when he gave me this list of things. I thought, you know. It was one of the worst days of my life. And I said, he says, I cannot be a church person. He says, I cannot be with these people. He says, how can I read this book all my life? How can I serve God all my life? And I made a decision, you know, I'm going to leave them. But on the other hand, I could see my father, he was blind, but his eyesight was restored. He said, I could not go against this. You know, because the Lord has blessed my family. And he said, I was so disappointed in my heart. You know, about myself. I said, you know, the, I, I cannot let devil win. He says, if I abandon this church, it will be devil's victory. And I didn't want this to happen. So, I was suffering. But one day, the Holy Spirit touched me. I was reading the Bible. I opened the Bible. Isaiah 53. I was reading about his suffering. 
And I closed the Bible. I tried to run from it. He says, I sat at the table. I was going to eat. But I couldn't eat. And I think, if I abandon the church, it's going to be devil's victory. And I said, Lord, help me. And something happened. He says, the Lord really touched me. He says, I couldn't, I even spat out, you know, the, the food that I was trying to eat. The Holy Spirit touched me. And I started to weep. I started to repent. And I was asking God. And something was going on and I could not explain. And later on I found out it was the presence of God. And I said to myself, and I said to God, I said, yes, Lord, I will serve you. Yes, Lord. I will read your book for the rest of my life. Yes, Lord, I will be with your people for the rest of my life. He says, even, you know, those, that list that my father gave me of things that I couldn't do, I said, Lord, yes, I will obey that list of things. He says, one day when I became a pastor of the church, you know, I was performing the wedding ceremony. You know the vows that they said. So we asked the groom, do you agree, and so on and so forth. And then I asked the bride, and I asked her, and I said, you know, that, are you ready to live, you know, the rest of your, rest of your life you know, with this man? And she stopped me. Then she says, you know, I don't need you to continue saying all these things. I agree to everything. And we, we laughed at the church. Because, you know, she started, She says, you know, that uh, I want to get married, you know, so I say yes to everything you, you're going to say. She wanted to get married so bad. You know, she wanted me to say, you know, that I declare you husband and wife. She says, yeah, I don't want you to drag the ceremony. You know, just say, you know, you are husband and wife so we can get out of here. So that prayer, when I prayed, you know, I said, Lord, I'm ready to do anything you say. You know, the list that my father gave me. He says, I, I did not argue was it biblical or not biblical. I said, Lord, I will follow you. And then we changed a few things, of course. But I'm talking about the attitude of heart. When the Lord touched me, then my life was changed. I was going to abandon the church. The Lord turned my life around. I was not ready to read Bible for the rest of my life. But it became the part of my life. See, I, I was not going to pray for the rest of my life. The Lord turned my life around. And at the age of 21, Holy Spirit gave me decision. 
to serve God for the rest of my life. The touch of God will change you. And this is what I want to tell you today. We need the power of Holy Spirit in This is a lot of people know, many people know about God. They know things about God. They have knowledge of God. You know, some people even graduate theological schools. You know, and they're so good at Bible. They can teach you about the character of God. They can teach you who God is. Or his characters. That God is love. God is holy. God is righteous. God is almighty. And so on. People know about God. But they don't know who God is. And for, in order for you to know who God is, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need the anointing from the Lord. You need to meet God and only then your life will be changed. He says, I know that from my, from my life. And when I read the scripture, and I look at the Bible characters. You see people that met God and their lives were never the same. Like in book of Judges. When God called Gideon. 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 He was in a cellar, you know and trying to you know, survive. You know the story. The Midianites would come Israel, and they would take everything. And Gideon was hiding from everyone. But God came to him. And we see the conversation. And he says, you know, the mighty man Gideon. You know, he was, he was the smallest He didn't have authority. He was not a powerful man. But God sees potential in you. We are not powerful. We are not maybe the mighty people. Paul says, when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. Because God's plans and purposes are being fulfilled in my life. Paul, he knew when he was weak. That's when he trusted God. And the mighty works of God were manifested through him. God sees your heart. And God is the source of our power. The Holy Spirit is the source Gideon of our power. Gideon was not a mighty man. He was not the strong man. But God can change a person. And when the Spirit of God came on Gideon, and he became a mighty warrior, 
And 22,000 people gathered around him. But God gave him victory with 300 people. When did this happen? When the Holy Spirit came on him. When the Holy Spirit came on him. He fulfilled the will of God. And in every book of the Bible you see the movement of God. And just like Gideon in the book of Judges, we see Samson, for example. The Spirit of God came on Samson. What happens when the Spirit of God comes on you? Something powerful, something wonderful So you are able to do things that were not you were not able to do before you know lot of, you know today many people struggle you know they cannot follow god and around us you know we see too many people you know people that once stood but they fell some people take drugs some people take alcohol some people you know get divorced some people are too proud or, or are involved in pornography and there are people around us that do all these things and people, it's hard for them to fight these things. You know, they know what's right. They know what's right. And they hear the sermons, they hear the preaching. And the pastor gives them advice. But here is the problem. They don't know God and they don't know how to fight together with God. They need the anointing from the Holy One. They need the touch from the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And when, some, when the Spirit of God came on Samson, in the uh, book of Judges, chapter 15, Verse 14, it says, you know, that they brought before the enemy, Samson, they bound him with ropes. And the Philistines, you know, they were shouting at him. But the Bible says the Holy Spirit came on him. And those ropes, you know, became like nothing for him. And, you know, he tear them down. And as I mentioned, there are many people that are bound with sin. We're not talking about physical ropes. And sin is like chains. Sin binds you. But when the Holy Spirit comes on a person, this, this is what happens. When we meet Jesus, the chains of sin will fall 
Things that you cannot do, the Lord can do it in your life. When I became a Christian, you know, there was a problem in my life. I could not give up smoking. You know, it was like, you know, I was a slave. You know, I, I could not quit smoking. I would get up at, even at night to smoke. And even to, you know, sometimes, you know, people ask, you know, the Bible does not forbid smoking. But, you know, the Bible says everything is permitted to us, but everything, not everything edifies us. It's not, it does not benefit you. When the people ask about smoking, I tell them, he says, you know, that I, I always tell them, you know, you should read it on the box of the cigarette. It says it kills you. <laughs> it's something that kills you. And sometimes I think, it's like, you know, the devil mocks these people. It's like, you know, it tells you, I'm going to kill you with this. You know, it will kill you. You know, it's like a poison. It's bad for you. And we still pay money for it. And, and you're destroying your health, your family. He says, I was buying something. I was at the There was a young man. And this young man was talking to another guy. He says, you know, that you know, my salary is not enough. He says, I got married. And money is not enough. And he was smoking. And I told him, I said, you know, come over here. He said, how many packs of cigarettes do you smoke every month? Well, he says, it's about $150. And in Georgia, it's a big money. $150. It's a one-month salary. And I, I told him, you know, you say that the money is not enough. And, and he says, you know, you're burning your money and you're destroying your health. I, I, and I told him, you know, it's better for you to take that money and use it for your family. And he looked at me. And he says, you know, that's a great advice, he says. He says, but people are bound. I could not give up from morning till evening. But one day I come home. He says, I was so upset. He says, I was upset about myself. And I was upset about God too. He says, I got on my knees and I said, Lord, you know, I want to quit smoking, but I don't have strength. Why don't you help me? He says, I didn't feel any touch of God. I don't know, you know, how God did this miracle. Maybe God was just smiling at me. But in the morning when I got up, I, I found out that all night I did not get up, you know, to smoke. Well, then I thought, you know, maybe after breakfast I'll go smoke. But all day I ate three times, but I have no desire to smoke. And since that day, for 40 years, I have not taken a single cigarette. I have not even had a desire to smoke. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
You know, Holy Spirit can set you free. You know, I, I did not quit smoking to gain salvation. No, I, I don't smoke because the Lord has set me free. You know, we don't cuss because we want to get saved. We don't, we don't commit adultery just because we want to get saved. No, we are doing, we are not doing all these things because God has saved us and he has delivered us. Because we love God. We serve God. Because God can destroy change. Every touch of God. Every time you're filled with God. It can destroy the chains of sin in your life. Because, and the ropes will, will go away. That's why it's important. For us to touch Jesus. To know the Lord. Job said this word. This is the story of Job. He says, I want to tell you just briefly about Job. You remember how it starts. You know, God brags about him. He says, Job is my servant. You know, he is God-fearing. He flees from evil. So when we read about Job, and we say, we wish, and we wish, you know, we were like him. But at the end, we read, at the end of the book, Job says, he says, I have heard about you, but now I saw you with my own eyes. Sometimes, yes, we come to church and we hear about God. And sometimes we know too much about God. But the moment comes when we come to know him. We understand who he is and we see him. And it happens because of the touch of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He will change you. Glory to God. And then about Samson. Some, as, as he walked, the, the Spirit of God came on him and he kills a lion. And the Bible teaches us that the devil walks as a roaring lion to devour people. Sometimes the devil comes and brings Difficulties in our lives. And it, it, it seems like, you know, he doesn't have anything else to do. He wants to deceive. He wants to kill and destroy. For you to lose your faith. And devil has many different schemes. But Bible teaches us. As Peter was teaching. That we should be sober. We should be aware. 
because we should be aware of the lies that tries to kill and destroy and we should stand against the devil with strong faith and the Bible says he will run away from you glory to God see the devil will try to make you believe You know, when, when we sin, for example, we could not defeat a sin once, twice, and then we say, well, this is how I'm going to live. Or, for example, if you're sick, you know, somebody prayed for you once, twice, but nothing happened, and then you give up. The problems come. And then we say, no, okay, you know, we give up. But you should not give up. The Bible gives us promise that Jesus will set you free. Jesus didn't die just for our sins. He died to set us free. And because of his wounds, no, we are healed. And I believe. He says, if you're, if you're dying in your sickness, but if you stand with faith, you know, even if you die, he says, I don't doubt salvation, but God has prepared something better, and devil is trying to take it away from us. And when we are defeated, we give up. You know, uh, there is a preacher, he wrote in his book. He says, you know, at, at their workplace, you know, they had a little bird. A little bird. And they tied uh, with the rope, you know, So this bird, you know, grew up. And the bird tried to fly away. But this rope was holding. You know, and after trying many times, and, and the bird understood it cannot go away, and gave up and didn't fly. Gave up. You know, the, the birds are not supposed to walk on the ground. Birds are created to fly. But this rope, you know, kept the bird on the ground. And one day, this bird, you know, made a really big mess. Uh, the, and the worker, you know, took a stick. And the, and, and the worker tried to kill the bird. The bird could fly away. Even, even the rope was not necessary anymore. But because the bird gave up, The bird didn't even try to fly away. And, they, and they were, one of the workers killed the bird. See, that's what the devil does in our lives. You know, the bird could fly away. But the rope was holding it. But the time came, he was free, but the bird could not fly So you should never give up. When the Spirit of God comes on us, we will have victory over lions. We can destroy it. And we can defeat it. And the lion will run away us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Glory to Jesus. 
The Spirit of God is teaching us. Sometimes devil is telling us one thing. The Spirit of God is telling you another thing. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And if that does not happen, they will, will live in sin, in defeat. But the Spirit of God is teaching us and giving us power because He has life in us. You cannot live without the Holy Spirit. If there is Jesus, there is life. If there is Jesus, there is holiness. Glory be unto Him. He says, we can talk much about this. Sometimes, you know, we, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, God will give you strength to minister unto him. It was said about David. Everything David did, the Lord was with him. And the soul appointed him as the head of his army. There were people that were more powerful than David. They had more experience. You know, David was a young man. He, couldn't, he did not know even how to fight. Saul put his armor on him and he couldn't even walk in it. He took a stone and he went by faith against Goliath and defeated Goliath. God was with David. That's why he became the chief. He, became he did not graduate the military academy. But he became the leader of the army. Why was the reason? And we read in the Bible. When Samuel came to David, and he saw that God's hand was on him, he anointed him with oil. And Bible says, from that day on, the Spirit of God was on David. That was the mystery. That was, that was the secret of his success. When the Spirit of God comes on you, you will have wisdom. How to behave in a family. How to behave in your business. How to do the right thing. How to do the right thing in the ministry. He says, I was 22 years old when I became a pastor. He says, I did not know anything about ministry. There were people in the church had more experience than me than I did. He says, I don't know why my pastor decided to appoint me as a pastor. I did not know much. But I knew one thing. The pastor told me, he says, you need to ask God for wisdom and God will give you wisdom. I've been in church for 40 years now. You know, and today I have an experience. But even today I know that I'm weak without God. But when I'm with the, with the Lord, God gives me solutions. He says the wisdom from God comes through the Holy Spirit. Uh, our children and our families, they should see, they should see 
their parents being filled with the Holy Spirit. They should see you speaking in tongues. They should see you being filled with God. He says, I don't know why I say this. Parents. He says, all my parents, all my children, they serve God. Cotton knows about it. I have eight children. And all of them serve God. He says, I never played this role of an ideal father. They, my children know that, you know, I have many faults. But they know one thing, that I'm a righteous father. They know that their father loves God. They know that their father loves Bible. They know that their father loves God and prayer. And you can become an example for your children. So be an example for your children. And they shall be also filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and, and I'm going to end with this. When God's Spirit touches you, you shall have power from heaven. To preach the word. He says, even your speech will be. When the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit, they spoke about mighty deeds of God. They did not talk about cars. They did not talk about business or money or clothes or shoes. They talked about mighty works of God. See, the congregation should hear ministers how they talk about mighty works of God. Children should hear how parents talk about mighty deeds of God. He says, yes, there are many things that we can talk about. But number one, theme in our life should be God. And it can only happen if the Holy Spirit touches you. He says, whatever is in your heart, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. Living water should flow out of us. This is when we preach the word. You know, unfortunately, even now, is that we preach about an idea. We preach theory. But we should remember our fathers, our forefathers that really were the fathers of the Pentecostal church. They walked with the Holy Spirit. Miracles were following them. They were prophesied. The anointing of God was on them. Oh, yeah, you know that these things have happened in our churches too. But the time is coming when God is going to raise us. And, and there is going to be a wave of the Holy Spirit. And we are not going to be preaching the idea, the theory. We're going to be preaching together with the Holy Spirit. He says, I think about this. I pray about this. In the 90s, you know, we used to plant churches. You know, we experienced it. 
And I cannot live without the move of God. I say, God, he says, for me, I don't want to preach anymore from the pulpit. He says, I, it's, you know, it, we shouldn't be like this. We should preach together with you. Everywhere we go, you know, we want you to do something amazing. He says, when we were planting churches, I want to tell you a story. You know, amazing things were happening. In one city, in Rustavi, that's, that's where Josh preached in that church. That, that town, that city didn't have a church. In that town, we only had two Christians. So one day they came to me. And they said, we found a widow and we preached the gospel. And she became a Christian. But she is too sick, so please come and pray for her. I said, yes, we'll come. So we come to this widow. They did not tell us what kind of disease she had. So this is what we saw. She was paralyzed completely. And she was skin and bones. You know, it was, she was so skinny, you could not even see her. So when I looked at her, I said, he says, nothing can heal her. And, but we still prayed. But nothing happened. We left. There were two of us. And we said, let's fast. For three days we fasted. Back then, you know, the church could not support us, so we, we used to work. For three days we did not eat, we didn't even drink water. You know, we didn't even drink water. For three days, no food, no water. And, and we worked. After three days, we came to this lady. You know, I could hardly walk. So we come. We saw this lady. And we, and we started to pray, but we couldn't even pray. But we started to pray. Something happened. The Spirit of God came down. It was, you could really hear the sound of the wind. And we felt something happened. And this woman got up. The, and the demons came out of her. And she started to walk. And she started to attend the church. And she told us, you have to, he says, my house I'm going to give my house you know, to the church so we can start the church in this city. See, the neighbors, you know, uh, nobody wanted to believe that this woman got healed by the power of God. They even brought police. And she told them, so for, I was sick for so many years. So you have forgotten about me. But these two preachers came to me. They preached to me about Jesus. And Jesus healed me. And you know, no one could resist her. And even today we have a good church there. And we give glory to God for it. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And we went to another city. 
And we used to pray for sick people. And you know, a lot of people came. And outside, you know, there were about 30, 40 people talking. They didn't come into the auditorium. And there was a lady there, you know, and she was arguing with me. And then we found out. The lady said, He said, these people are liars, you know, don't believe them. They are lying to you. You know, they, they brought their own people and they're lying. They're not giving real testimonies. She says, I'm going to go get my husband. Yeah, he's deaf, and let's see what happens. So she went and really brought her husband, her deaf husband. And they came in, you know, they, just to prove us wrong. So this deaf man, you know, came forward. And, she, and suddenly he started to mes, yell. Mes, mes, mes. And he was yelling, you know, my ears have opened up. I can hear, I can hear. And you know, all of those people, the critics that were outside, all of them came so in and they became Christians. So today we have a good church there in that city. And that's what the Lord does. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, wonderful things happen. Amazing things happen. Amazing things happen in our families. And the young man that gave a testimony. You know, you know, when I hear about these things, you know, I rejoice. When supernaturally God is touching people. You know, we have a wonderful future. And the church is going to be a powerful church. And we got to do one thing. We should never forget. We should have a desire. Live in expectancy. We should never give up. And we should trust that there is a great future for us. You should have a desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And God will honor your desire. And God will answer your prayer. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord help us. As in, in the Republic of Georgia, you here in America. Thank you.